Episode 103. On today's episode, I've talked with a former athlete of mine from the very early stages of my career down in Bel Air, Texas. I've talked with Mr. Jordan Glenn. Jordan is currently the franchise owner of Texas Strength Systems in Houston, an operations director for medical sales company, and has helped guide Sam Houston State, University of Houston, and University of Texas at Dallas powerlifting teams. Jordan has competed from high school through college and still competes today in powerlifting, as well as coaches. We dive into his passion for the iron sport and how he wants to help you grow and more. This episode was recorded back in August of 2022. Be sure to check out Jordan on Instagram at USAPLJ and his gym at TSS underscore Houston to follow his journey and more. Before we do jump into today's episode, just a few housekeeping things. Remember to follow the show on Twitter at HWCN Podcast. Share this episode or any that you find value in. Please don't forget to drop us a rating and review to help us grow the show on your favorite listening platform. If you're in the Dallas area and are looking for some fantastic custom cookies that are almost too good to eat, check out Texas Treaties. If you're trying to step up your menswear game, Etiquette Dawn is the best choice. A custom apparel company that will help you looking like a sharp-dressed man. When you need a coffee that works as hard as you do or is as strong as your squat, bench, or deadlift, then I suggest checking out Viking Coffee Company. Podcast listeners use the code COFFEE with Noonan for a 10% discount on single purchases. If you're looking for a quick and effective way to keep your weight room and or locker room sanitized, check out Xanago Sprayer. We currently use it on a daily basis at the high school I work at. Fantastic. Enjoy today's episode with Jordan Glenn. On today's episode of the Hang With Coach Newton podcast, I am joined by a former uh, student athlete of mine. Uh, as well as current franchise owner of Texas Strength Systems, operations director for a medical sales company. Uh, and he's also had the hand in uh, working with Sam Houston State Powerlifting, as well as University of Houston Powerlifting, University of Texas at Dallas Powerlifting, joined by the one and only Mr. Jordan Glenn, Mr. Jay Glenn. What's happening, my man? Hey, hey, hey how's it going? Thanks for having me. Man, this has been a long time coming. Um, you know, I'm, I remember when I first kind of got started, you just happened to be coming through uh, the Pflugerville area, man. And uh, we were going to try to record. And at the time I couldn't figure out. Uh, and I really don't even know why we just didn't use the one mic, but I was going to try to use two mics, but oh, yeah. you know, it, it, it's all good. I'm glad we finally get a chance to get it done. But, <laughs> finally. but you know, man, it, it's, it's been, it's been great to just watch you, uh, and just your, you know, just athletic powerlifting career, can, you know, just increase from the from the time where you were in high school uh, to now, and and just seeing, you know, what you're able to do in terms of giving back to the sport, man, it's just really awesome. And so, I'm very proud of you and all your your uh, ventures. Um, you may or may not already be married by the time this episode releases, but <laughs> I, I know that uh, you're, you're going to be with a, a wonderful young lady and uh, you guys are going to have a, a great marriage. And, you know, I just can't help but uh, 
but smile anytime that, uh, you know, you and I are together talking about stuff. Uh, Jordansville was huge um, down in Kingsville coming down two years in a row to help me run meets was the first time I was ever, I was ever running a meet uh, as my own venture. And I don't think they could have been uh, a better person to help out, uh, man, just, you know, just not just helping me gather judges and, and such, but, you know, help helping coach my kids and my kids just being open to, to what it is that, you know, your knowledge and everything. So, man, I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I, I really, uh, it's most interesting to see how much of a full circle it all is just like, you know, coming in the Bel Air in 2009, 2010 and like, you being my football coach and then we transition into this into this next stage and me taking product seriously and my biggest thing has always been giving back to the community and, and giving people the experience that I had I had such a great experience high school and college I just want people to experience the same thing and this game is getting so advanced like year by year so there's like always it's, it's always exciting um man I I can't tell you enough how uh how much it makes me so satisfied seeing like kids that I recruited a long time ago. And now it's to that point for me. Now there's been like, uh, what I graduated college 2017. So it's been like five years. Now some of these kids are recruiting already having like kids getting married. I'm just like, yo, like what's going on? Like, has it really been that long? So it's just uh, kind of interesting to see. I actually went to, um, a baby shower two weeks ago well, for a, a guy and a girl that I recruited from two different schools and now they're they're having a kid and getting married it's just like it's eye shocking but uh yeah man that's like outside of powerlifting you, you realize there's just so much more to life that powerlifting gives you you get these friends for a lifetime you get all these relationships we're able to do this you know 10 years later and still be able to help each other. I think it's, uh, I think it's a, a true blessing. Yeah. We're going to rewind the clock a little bit. Um, kind of talk about your, your beginnings in the sport. Yeah. Uh, you know, in high school, I remember, you know, Jordan, Jordan was always a little more physically gifted in the weight room. Uh, not, not necessarily uh, a great football player, but he was a good, good football player but man you just excelled in the weight room and you could tell like there was there was definitely a love for it when did you realize that powerlifting for you was going to be the ticket versus like football or or something else yeah I tell you what you know it's, it's kind of funny you said that um I remember every offseason training or when it's time to you know get when it's time for summer workouts or it's time to like to get ready for spring ball or like after spring ball and we're doing all those strength and conditioning and I was just like I noticed myself probably sophomore year just getting like a little bit more or even my freshman year when I was hanging with the seniors doing the same weight they were doing I was just like dang like is it a fluke is everybody weak here I'm really that strong I don't know <laughs> but there's so much to learn and so you know the years go by and I'm like dang I'm like I am really good at this um and then you know I did my first, my freshman year, 2009, I got like 10 plays. And I think I missed regionals qualifier by like five or 10 pounds. And I was just like, oh, I don't know if this is for me. I mean, 
like i was like i'll just keep playing ball and like you know it, it, it got me strong and i was like you know if i really want to be good at running back a linebacker this is this is a good way to get strong for it and so that next year came and blew past the qualifying totals and now i'm, I'm you know the sophomore going to state and i'm like okay wow this is like a real thing but unfortunately you know, sophomore year, I ended up, uh, I ended up cutting too much weight. I think I was a little bit over 181 at the time. I was probably like 184, but like, I guess I overthought it and I cut way too much. I ended up weighing in at like 177 or something crazy like that. I was way under and I got really fatigued and I ended up bombing out on deadlift. I guess I got to the end of the meet after squat and bench. I just didn't have any more energy. Like my opener didn't even come off the ground. And then uh, Coach Herman, he's like, hey, let's, you know, let's get back to, to football and let's just dial in. But then I realized after high school season, you could do this year round. And I remember just like in the field house one day, I asked, I asked Coach, I was like, hey, like, am I able to do this all year round? And he's like, you don't want to do that. <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, no, it's like high school season from January to March and then we the rest of the year is about football and I was like all right I guess but then I started to see more on like social media I'm like people are like doing this USAPL stuff and like these other federations and I see a few THSPA like boys that I was competing against doing these other federations outside of season so I'm like man I really want to hop in this and so I never I surprisingly I never even did a meet outside of high school until I graduated but uh, it was just eye-popping, and I think that moment there made me, like, dang, I think I could really run with this, and I can really, like, compete outside of school, and I could really be good, and so it just kind of went went from there, but, um, yeah, junior year, went to, oh, we went to state, sophomore year, junior year, senior year, and uh, it was just a great experience every time, and I realized, like, oh, this is, this is me, this is, like, like, this is natural to me, I'm really, I'm really good at this, I was always high in the ranks, and I realized a lot of people weren't, especially a lot of kids on the team with me will be at the local meets together. But when it's time for regionals and state, I was like one of the few. So I was like, okay, like you have a talent here, like let's run with it. And then, you know, junior, senior, I was the only one on the team. <laughs> and then it was me and you. And it was just like, you know, here we are. And, uh, and so I, I just knew like, rather you were with the team or not, like it was still exciting to me either way going and doing your best and, and busting your butt in the gym and in class and all that and then be able to do that and like be just as competitive on your own i feel like it was just a little bit more more my forte when you get out of high school how did you end up choosing sam houston state um you know when then when you get there did you already know that you were going to try to power lift or is that just kind of a happens chance? So senior year, um, University of Houston downtown coach uh, John Hudson reached out to, well, he was at one of the meets and he would bring a crew of judges to all those high school meets. And that was his way of recruiting, which is why I kind of, that's my method now. That was a good strategy, but he was able actually, he's like, hey, you know, if your academics are good as you say they are, you know, we can, we can, we can get you a, a powerlifting scholarship. And so I was like, wow, like we're talking scholarship. I mean, at the time I didn't know, like 
University of Houston downtown was like a cheaper school and like it wasn't that much. So I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. They didn't have ball sports. You know, I mean, Central did, but not downtown. So I was like, okay. So I looked into it a little bit more and I realized all these other colleges didn't. I was like, I think I'm around with this. I talked to my parents about it. I was like, I'll stay in town. I'll stay, you know, at home. Like, why not? It, it makes sense financially. And so, you know, I took them up on that offer and I verbally committed to them. And so we did a signing at, in, in school and I went there. Um, I went to U of H downtown and then after I got through my basic classes, like after my freshman year, I realized U of H downtown did not have a kinesiology program, which I probably should have done my research before then and realized that, you know, but I guess I was just younger and I was so excited to go and, and this is what I love. So I was like, let's just do it. And then um, I get there, I get through all my basics. I'm like, all right, it's time to get in the major. And then I was like, well, they don't have a kinesiology program. Let me uh, let me just look elsewhere. Like, I really don't want to. But also, we also know powerlifting doesn't, well, back then, it's not a career where you can make a living off of. So I was like, academics first, because your career is important. And so anyways, I looked, and I was like, Sam Houston State, I see these guys at Nationals. There's some really big squatters. And like they're making some noise and they're right up the street an hour away. I could get home if I really needed to. I was like, this might be a good option. So I talked to my parents. I'm like, what do y'all think about Huntsville? And they was like, oh, I mean, I was, you know, my sister went to OU. So they was like, well, it's definitely closer. <laughs> so they weren't really, they weren't really uh, like, they weren't against it. So I talked to the guys over there and it was like, yeah, uh, send your application in. We don't do scholarships like you had, but you know, like it's a good opportunity here. You could be one of the best. We know who you are. We've seen you at meets. We would love to have you on the team. So I applied and, and then in 2014, uh, I went out there and I was, uh, I was taking kinesiology classes and I had a business minor. I wanted to minor in business, but I had the aspirations of being athletic director or some kind of administrator for a sports team or so, something, you know, administrative wise. And so that's why I wanted to do Kinesis in business. But then after college goes by, your perspective kind of changes on stuff. And so my advisors was telling me, hey, you should uh, actually get your degree in business. There's just so much more you could do. There's, a, there's just a wide variety of opportunities. And so keep your classes in Kinesis get your minor in kines that way you can still learn about the body and have that knowledge if you do get a sports related administrative job if you want to be an administrator so i took that route instead which i probably think about it now i could have stayed at u of h downtown and just did business but you know everything happens for a reason i'm a big believer of that and i got there um i broke some school records and whenever i did get there um there were six people on the team six people on the Sam Houston State team. I got there, went to practice a couple of times. And I was like, we need to get some structure. I mean, like, I know you guys are good, but we could be somewhere better. And coming from U of H downtown, it was such a well-built system. They were recruiting constantly. We had the team, the size of the team we had because of the recruiting. We were going to high school meets, setting up, judging, whatnot. So I was like, let me take this sort of same business model to take it over here and see what I can do for this organization. So then we bring in Michael Hoffenbrack. He's a um, primarily a physical therapist in, in Houston for select PT. 
is the name of his company, but he was part of uh, Louisiana Tech's Parliament team when they were on a 10-year winning streak. I forgot the years, but they went 10 years in a row. They won collegiate nationals as a team every time. And so that was just like a dynasty. Like no one wanted to break that. Like it was constant recruiting. Everybody wanted to go to La Tech for that. So this guy has some real good experience. He was a lightweight. I think he competed in a 132, 148 weight class when he was there. And so this guy is full of knowledge and he lived in Conroe and we're like, all right, let's, let's bring him up. Let's see. Uh, Alex Smith was the president of the team. Uh, he's the one I got in contact with and he had good contact with Hoffenbrecht. So we tied it all in. It was just good timing. That, that coach came in and I came in the same year. And I was like, look, this is how you did it at my old school. Let's try to do the same. And uh, I kind of, you know, I started recruiting. I started going to these high school meets. I was certified as a judge and I had like two or three guys. I got them certified. Like I showed them how to study for it. And then we started just going to meets and showing up. And then people were like, oh, y'all are in Huntsville. And then we started talking to the parents and all of a sudden six people turned into 12 people, 12 people turned into 20 people. And when I graduated, there was 54 on the team. And uh, the women's team actually got third place that year. I left and they've been just a top contender every year now. It's, it's really eye-popping looking at the organization now versus when I got there. When you transitioned from high school to college and you had to kind of strip away the gear and just go a little bit more on the raw side, how did you adjust your mindset with strength, right? Because I think that's one of the deals as a coach at the high school level, you always wonder how how strong someone truly is. They're lifting and, and multiply or single ply, you know, and, and with the innovations of these bench shirts, particularly, you know, just how truly strong are they? So how did you adjust your mindset to go, okay, I know I'm still pretty dang strong, but I got to, to understand like, Okay, now I don't have the assistance of a shirt or a suit. I'm in a singlet and it's just me. That's a very good question. Um, so whenever I was getting into, whenever I entered college powerlifting um, at the collegiate level, equipped was still a thing. Uh, uh, raw was there, but it's just, I mean, it was popular. It wasn't just that popular left. The main schools like UTSA, La Tech, UT, AM, uh, Penn State, Northeastern, they were all still pretty equipped heavy. So all these teams were like, no, like let's let's bring it, let's stay equipped. So this was like 20, 2012 all the way to or 2013, all the way to like I'd say 2016 is when Raw started becoming popular. And so uh but regardless, what what you're asking is a good point because we all found out real quick, not just me, everybody on the team. Yes, you might be good equipped, but it only gets you so far. And what's going to take you farther is raw strength. And so our coach made it a big point that if your raw numbers go up, your equipment numbers go up. So if you if you bench 400 and you bench raw 305, imagine if you bench 350, you'd probably be benching closer to 500. And we were like, oh, okay, well, it makes sense. Because high school, uh, 
you know, uh, it's not the case for everybody, but most of the time it's like every practice you're in the suit, every, every meet you're in the suit, you're constantly in the suit. And we really don't ever have time to focus on raw unless you're, you know, strength training for your ball sport. And so this was eye popping and we were all like, okay, so like when we're far away from nationals, we need to go hard and raw. And then we all did that. We did, you know, 12 week cycles, eight week cycles, linear progression. Uh, our coach ran like a combination linear progression in like Chico uh, style training. And so whenever we got back in the gear, we were like, holy smokes, like I'm so much stronger. And so it raw was important. And then uh, back then, I don't know, I guess I should brush up on the rules a little bit, but back then the, the collegiate rule was you get five years, um, rather you do four years equipped, that fifth year had to have been raw because you already did, you only could do a maximum of four, but you get five years eligibility as long as you're a full-time student. So if you did two years raw, two years equipped, that fifth year could be either one or vice versa. So uh, that didn't go effect till later. So I did four years equipped and my senior year, I, I you know I had a fifth year in college because I transferred from U, uh, from U of H to Sam Houston. So I lost a few credits. So I was like, well, I'm still here. Um, it's my senior year, why not? And so that they, uh, the last year had to have been raw. So then I took raw very serious. And I realized how much more work is put into to all that. You don't have the assistance. You really need to focus on bracing rooting, technique, form, all of that to actually get good at this versus like, okay, yeah, you have some natural strength when you put the suit on. Of course, there's some assistance. But nowadays, it's so like advanced, even with, you know, these these new shirts, these banded shirts and all that, you still need some natural strength to hold the weight. I, I'm a big believer in that. I mean, rather your raw numbers are low and you're good in the equipped or in these these new gear, like you still need a certain amount of knowledge uh, with the tech and all that. So all that comes from your raw strength. So yeah, the, the, the sport itself has evolved immensely in the last three years, especially as far as THSBA goes. Yeah, you know, it, it'll be interesting. Um to go for me, you know, now this year I'm taking over as head powerlifting. And so I've, I've been away from it for a couple of years, just following, yes. you know, just former student athletes from afar, you know, and just kind of how they're moving in the rankings. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting uh, to, to kind of rework on growing the team. Uh, you know, we were talking off, off the air about just that whole, you know, canvassing the hallways and the lunchroom and just looking at kids and saying, okay, um, you know, you, you might be built for squatting and benching, or you might be built for deadlifting, you know, um, you play this sport and it, you already kind of put yourself in a squatted position, you know, you're pretty strong uh, on your team, you know, have you thought about competing you know, I think for me, when I was growing the team down in Kingsville at Santa Gertrudis, you know, one of the issues was, well, I, I don't know, I, I want to work out, but I don't know if I want to compete. And my deal is like, now you have the rest of your life to work out, like yeah. train, but, you know, if, if you're going to go through the actual powerlifting 
training sessions, then then let's go compete. Like, just give me one meet. Go yeah. if you don't like it, that's fine. You can keep coming to practice, but just give me one meet. You know, and most of them were like, okay, okay, I'll give you one meet, and they go to the one meet. They have a little bit of success, or they they have that itch. Oh. And it, you know, the the hook is set, and now it's like, okay, you know, they then they start going down the rabbit holes of like, well. Yo, do I get a do I get a lever belt or do I get a, a single prong? Like, um, who's who's who am I supposed to order stuff from? You know, SBD. Should I get slingshot stuff? Should I get Pioneer? Should I get you know Anderson? You know, all, all this stuff. Um, you know, and, and it's just I mean, you can go down a whole myriad of rabbit holes, uh, particularly at the high school level with all the different uh, manufacturers of equipment. You know, and obviously you have have Titan as, as one of the premier brands. Um, and then particularly being close to, to Corpus, man, you know, it's, uh, most everybody's wearing something of Titan or, uh, yeah. or you're just, you just got a whole lot of stuff from Titan because they're there and they do a great job of, of helping. And, and, um, you know, they've got some, some cost affordable, uh, options for those that are, that are interested. Um, when you, we're in college. What was your preferred? You know, who did you prefer to get stuff from? And and, and is that the same? Has it changed? You know, are you brand loyal? Are you more of? Uh, as I get older, I, I adjust certain things, and and I feel like this brand or that stuff. And I'm not necessarily, in, you know, we're not necessarily endorsing or saying you have yeah. to go, but we're just. You know, just talking in generalities, right? You you kind of evolve, like, you know, I I love Nike gear, but but unfortunately, sometimes Nike doesn't <laughs> big guys very well. Under Armour does a better job, or you know, don't don't sleep on the old Kirkland brand, you know, or the the, the <laughs> you know the clothes at Sam's Club. People will be knocking it, but yeah, hey, this stuff is nice, man. You know, hey, Costco's got some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they start getting into the powerlifting, you better watch out, man. <laughs> Vin shirts in bulk, baby. And Kirkland Vin shirts, huh? Uh, <laughs> oh, but yeah. Hey, um, Costco, little, Costco, if you hear this, anybody in Costco research and development hears this, we both get a cut before this is copyrighted on, on, on yep. August 1st. 2022 so you you heard it here first about this you stuff. heard it here first oh, you gotta pay us yeah yeah uh before i answer your question uh it's kind of funny that you was talking about how how you were just trying to get kids to get interested in uh just doing one meet well i'll never forget how i got into the sport in the first place um the football season just ended and we're starting off-season training, and you and all the other guys are like, okay, you know how we always met in the weight room first before it was time to, like, do whatever. And so it was like, okay, we had a little meeting, a little 10-minute meeting. It was like, okay, uh, we're all going outside to run drills and, and fundamentals and stuff like that. But if you don't want to go outside and you want to stay in, you're trying out for a powerlifting team. <laughs> and so I was like, shit, I ain't going outside. <laughs> I was like, I ain't going outside. And then I ended up uh, just like maxing out, and it was like five of us. I think it was Ambrose and some other some other guys. And uh, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm actually not too bad. Like, I think I squatted like close to 400, and I was like, I think I'm actually pretty good at this. And then uh, yeah, it kind of just ran from there. But that's really how I got hooked. I don't even know if it wasn't for that day, 
I really don't know if I would have uh, even even done. I probably would have eventually got around to it, but I think it would have just been completely different how it all unfolded. Man, but um, yeah, as far as oh, go ahead. I don't even remember that. I you know it's funny like I don't even remember what my what I coached as a second sport and I, when I started my career. I'm sure I did something, but I think it was wrestling. Did I? No, I didn't help with wrestling. No. Oh, I did, I did, I did, I did, I did. Just for I, a little bit. I did wrestling for like two years. I don't think I did anything that first year. No. I didn't do just anything. Us. Yeah, it was kind of like, I, I, like I always tell people, like that was like my GA year because I was a substitute teacher. Mm-hmm. and Doing I, film with us too and I, all that. Yeah, I did all the film stuff. I remember, uh, I think it was the Lamar game or something. And Evan Landry and I were in the box. Yep. Oh, man. And it was just, we just, it, it was, we got so hyped. And like, I just remember the camera on like the video the next, you know, later that night and we'll upload it. It's just bouncing up and down. Like, yep. Who are these fools? Like, and, <laughs> and then I had to remember my training, you know, back, back when I worked in the SID office at Florida State, like, you have to be impartial, you know, when you're doing this. <laughs> it's not just, you're not just doing it for you and, and your yeah. team. Like you're gonna send this film and you know, people people get upset if it's bad film or whatnot. And you, you know, but man, I I you know, it's funny. I don't even remember I don't even remember that. Yeah, yeah, I did do wrestling those last it's two years. It's crazy, uh it's crazy you mentioned Evan Landry, because uh my weddings this month, he'll be a groomsman and uh and and he's getting married sometime next year as well. It's kind of crazy how a full circle now but um yeah man it's uh i remember you were the plug for everybody's huddle <laughs> huddles accounts it was like hey good coach noonan you hook me up i know you i know you saw my good game last week hook me up cut me up some film and uh that's how it all started now here we are it's pretty uh pretty legit but to answer your question about the manufacturers i've always been uh, a big fan of titan uh, my my first couple of years in high school, I was using Enzer, and then my junior year, I never forget. I asked my aunt. I was like, "Hey, if I want to win state this year, if I want to be the best, I need one of these Titan suits." I get to state and I see all these kids wearing these Titan suits, and I'm over here with this flimsy old Enzer. That's what's holding me back. So she she got me a squat suit. She didn't give me a bench shirt. I still use Enzer bench shirt. But uh, and I still use my Della suit that I have, but that squat suit changed everything. And I was like, the quality on it is just so much better. Um, it was just thicker material, more durable. You can get it customized based on your measurements, based on how big your quads are, or your shoulders, or how long the straps are. Everything, everything was just custom. And so I was like, this is you know, this is awesome. Um, and I, I literally. From an Enzer suit, probably squatting barely like low 500s, I got the Titan suit and I was squatting the sixes, the night and day. Yes, you still had to learn technique. It changed and all that. Because um, whenever you do wear a tighter suit, your your technique has to change. It kind of whips you differently. Because even though you're, you're still squatting, you're fighting a resistance. So sometimes it'll kind of kick you back or kick you forward. You got to really have a lot of stability and core to stay in the bubble. And so um, I've always liked Titan. I've always been a big fan. And then my coach at U of H, he wore Titan. And then I get to, uh, he wore some men's stuff too, but his all his bench shirts were Titan. 
And then I get to college and then our head coach is sponsored by Titan. So he's just kind of like, this is domino effect. And then 2015, I get selected for Team USA. I can go a little bit about that later, but um, that gave me my sponsorship with Titan. And so now once a year at the big meets, if we're going to nationals that year, I was able to get a full brand new set of uh, suits for, for nationals. They would give it to me with like, you know, eight weeks out, enough time to train with it, break it in. And then I would have, you know, the top edge competitiveness that I needed. And so I've always liked Titan. And and, um, as far as now, the game is changing a lot, but Raw goes, there's some other companies that are starting to make an appearance. Um, When it comes to Raw, like knee sleeves are really important. Enzer has made a huge comeback. I don't know if you ever heard of those Enzer uh, Ergo Pros. But they're like, I mean, your average pair of knee sleeves is like ninety to a hundred dollars, and Enzer's uh, knee sleeves are like one fifty, one sixty. But they're like, they're so thick that you could fit, you could probably place a, a ten pound plate on top of them, and they still stand up. It's crazy. And so it was a big old like, uh, big old scandal about it. Like IPF and like some other federations was like are these even going the guidelines because of how thick they are? They thought they were like made of something else. So they had tried to like, I don't think they went as far as a lawsuit, but they, they called them out and they were like, Enzer Nisus aren't allowed in, in, uh, in competition anymore until we figure out what's in these Nisus. So I think uh, they, they bought a pair and they cut it open and it was to the specs. It was just really thick neoprene, but it was all neoprene and whatever else they tell you and the length and all that. And so when Enzer saw that, they were like, ah, oh, like too bad. And so they was like, our product is good. And they went from their price from like 130 to 150. And now like, if you go to a big product to me, almost all the best lifters have these knee sleeves on. And I'm just like, wow, I don't have a pair myself. I tried on a pair, but like I said, I'm, I'm pretty loyal to Titan, but they are pretty good. You know, that's just me giving knowledge and, and sharing the love um a7 is, has made a good comeback or not made a good appearance in the in the raw scene um what's the other one there's a7 there's stoic stoic is a big one there you can get their products on amazon they're really blowing up you can you can get all kinds of colors now um, everybody's going hard on belts now pioneer is really like made a, a big punch in the community to where you can get like super customized belts, like anything you can think of, they can make it really good leather products. Um, so, so, so many things like there's, I'm glad to see the sport evolve because back in the day it was just Ender, Titan and uh, a few others. They had like metal, they had like some other brands, but it was just like you either reward one thing or the other. But now it's like, you got a wide variety. You can, you can just about get anything. And uh, the sport is evolving. So now, like, people are getting all these sponsorships and, like, you know, the best lifters wearing this. Everybody kind of goes with this wave. And now it's just like, uh, I don't know. It's like any other sport, I guess. But, yeah, if I could recommend anything, i say equipped all day, roll with Titan, um, raw, maybe explore these other companies because they do have good products. Titan still makes great products. I still see the best lifters wear their singlets, 
but as far as you know knee sleeves goes and shoes and everybody's all like into the shoes now and like getting the best grip because leg drive is a big thing on on bench and whatnot so you need most of these platforms are carpeted are you know rubber mats so you need good grip if you're going to use your legs and bench people think they just need to use their upper body but it's a real full body effort when you're benching and there's just so much to go into it. You got Notorious Lift. They have made a huge impact. Almost every single person you see now has a pair of Notorious Lifts. They're like $45. And literally, like, they have a million colors. And everybody's wearing them. I got a pair myself. Uh, last week, they came out with some navy blue ones. They had, like, a water wave on them. I was like, dang, these are pretty cool. Let me try them out for the first time. But it's just your average shoe. You want a flat shoe so you can have good stability on squat bench and deadlift like it's an overall good shoe and so yeah man there's there's just so many companies blowing up and i feel like you know anybody involved in the sport or coming out rather you were in the best powerlifter there's so much business opportunity you could really just like make a niche for yourself and and really take over the market with if you have a really good idea yeah, I'm with you on that, man. Uh, it's crazy to see the evolution of, of this. And uh, unfortunately, I, I had a casualty to my, my previous laptop uh, a month ago, and uh, I uh, I lost four recordings. Um, oh, no. One of which was uh, with the owner uh, of Pioneer. And oh, wow. It was, it was right before their 4th of July sale. And so, uh um matt holden is an awesome dude and he is you know i'm gonna circle back and we'll get him on and and i've been trying to get it on i know he's i know they're super busy and and we're football kicking up for me you know but you know just to be able to support uh one a, a texas company because you know if you if you're te- if you're a true texan you're always going to look at texas first with with everything oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's also why you know you, you feel good about supporting titan because they're a texas-based company and yes, uh you know and and like you you know with texas strength systems um and a couple other awesome manufacturers of equipment um you know but then just like i say he, as far as giving back and, and just creating opportunity uh pioneer themselves has been a really really good about trying to give back and, and, you know, give more money to the lifters. Um, yes. Oh, and they sponsor a lot of meets. They do. Yeah. And I think that's important. You know, like you said early on, like this powerlifting itself is still not something that you can make a living off of. Very few people are, are doing it, but in reality, you think like it's not just solely them going to meets and lifting and, and winning the prize. Like, it's them putting out content, uh, yep. social media, it's them, you know, online coaching, it's them, um, you know, creating, you know, uh, like a, like a Julius Maddox trying to create, you know, uh, bench programs, you know, and things of that nature. So there, there's a lot more that you still have to do. You can't just show up at a, show up at a meet, win it, get the pay and roll. Yep. Right? It's not entirely like a, a, a professional athlete uh, of like a you know NBA or whatever where you don't ever have to worry about your social media branding until after you know your transition from the pros there you know you you make your million playing playing ball right um uh, and then you have that post post pro career or whatnot but you know like 
like for you, even in your current situation, like you still have, you know, regular old J-O-B. You just yep. have the flexibility inside of that uh, yep. to continue staying involved in the sport of powerlifting. I remember seeing me with like, like strongman and, and, and really even probably with CrossFit too. Like, you know, it's just, there's still more uh, that you have to do away from the sport, but you, know, you talked about being part of team USA. And you know, I remember you, you uh, texted me talking about, you know, I'm going to be uh, lifting at collegiate nationals. I remember pulling up the laptop, watching the, watching the stream and, you know, just the announcers, uh, you know, hyping you up and whatnot, you know, kind of talk about that journey uh, and what that meant for you. Yeah. I think um, once you do get to not even the collegiate level, but once you lift outside of high school, even if you went that route or didn't go that route, I think a big goal for everybody is to eventually, if you're really good at this, you eventually want to get on the world stage. And I think that's everybody's kind of end goal. Um, you get a lot of respect for yourself and from other people knowing that you've been on the world stage before or represented Team USA in some sort of way. Uh, so 2015, uh, the meet that year was in Canada. And the way you go is if you either won collegiate nationals or you went to the open division nationals and you were to get, you know, top three or top two at that, you probably will get selected. Obviously, strongest gets priority. And so they'll ask the strongest guy, like, will you accept, you know, here's your invitation to Team USA, will you accept? And if they can't afford it or can't decline or whatever, like it's a lot of travel expenses, you know, like um, the sport hasn't really evolved that far yet. I guess I could, I could touch a little bit on that. But basically, if you represented a country's national piloting team, let's say you were Russia, Ukraine, whatever team you were on besides America, you probably got paid your, you know, you got a stipend, you got a salary. Some countries do it differently. They pay your travel, but America uh, is just the reality of everybody has a nine to five or just a normal job or they're a small business owner and this is their hobby and they do it. Even though we dominate every year when we go to the world meets, we are the ones are one of the few or they're probably the only country that doesn't get paid to do this and so um yeah so you even though you get selected to be on team usa you still have to afford the plane ticket the travel the uniform all that and so um so yeah so they always ask the first guy like the strongest guy if they're able to do it they want to accept and then they'll kind of if he doesn't accept he'll go to second or third place so anyways um, 2015, 2015, I got selected and it was in Canada that year. And I was like, wow, like I'm a junior or sophomore in college. Like, can I really go to, to Canada? Like, I was like, man, this is, uh, this is, this is like a dream come true. So I like picked up a job. I was like working my butt off, asked my parents. I was like, help me get here. This is like one of lifetime chance. And so, yeah, man, I, uh, I, I was pretty high in the ranks that year. I got selected. We went. Um, it was between the regions of like the North American region. So like it was Puerto Rico, Mexico, um, Canada, Trinidad, 
Virgin Islands, anything in that general area. It wasn't all the all the uh, countries, but it was you know in our region. And so uh, this was like the step under going on the super super world stage where you go against everybody. And so I was like, well, this is you know this is a start. If you usually usually most times if you win there, you go the next year, you're on the big stage. So I end up going. I end up training at my buddy's house. Um, Ilion, he had like a, a home setup, but like this was the time to really just like dial in and focus in. And so you get these Team USA coaches and they assign you a coach and you have to update them via email if they don't live by you. So my coach was from Wisconsin. I had to email him every week and say, hey, training was good. Here's my videos. This is how everything moved. And we had to really like work that chemistry. You can't you can't bring your own coach to the platform. You can't bring, you know, yes, they can fly with you, travel with you, support you, but they can't be with you back there on the platform. And so you have to really like, I think that was a big, a big challenge for me is like, I don't know this coach, but I have to trust him because he's on the team USA staff and I have to really just like dial in and communicate. And so, yeah, it all worked out. I ended up winning. The, the coolest thing about that year was, the guy that was uh, that got second place, he was from Canada, and he had won that weight class the last four years. So this was gonna be his like fourth or fifth year winning, and uh, and we tied. We totaled the same, and whoever, whenever you total the same, whoever weighs less wins. So he weighed in at like I don't know, like two hundred four, two hundred five, and I weighed in at like two hundred, and so I ended up winning on body weight, and he was so mad but he still shook my hand showed great sportsmanship but uh it was just very like the team USA coaches took a bet on me because I wasn't number one in the ranks but they gave me a chance you know and uh I was able to get out there and do exactly what I needed to do to win the title for the because I was I was either 22 or 23 at the time so I was still considered as a junior but the open division is anything like of all ages all the way up to like uh, 40. And then I think you go to the masters. So whatever it was, I mean, you could still be like, even if you're six years old, you could still compete in the open division. But ideally it's like from ages 25 to, to 40. And then you either go junior, you go masters, masters too, blah, blah. But anybody can hop in the open. It just basically means all ages. Um, so yeah, so there was like usually like the rankings for juniors and the rankings for open is like a drastic difference because you're talking grown men versus like you know older young men and so they put me in both divisions junior and open and I ended up winning both and I ended up winning the open on uh, by tying in they was like man I'm glad we went with you like this is a great decision like you're invited next year automatically and it was just it was just a great opportunity, man. And I was able to represent the country, also go to a different country that gives you opportunity to travel, experience different things, meet new people. It's just uh it's it's really pleasant. I, I love every bit of it. That's awesome, man. And you know, now here you are kind of on that other side, right? You know, and on the coaching yeah. side. So how do you take in your years as the competitor and and receiving coaching to now shifting it to not just coaching others but 
helping rebuild and build up programs as well. Um, you know, cause I remember us talking when you were at Sam Houston about, you know, potentially being an AD and, and things of that nature. So you kind of had that opportunity to be the head guy uh, in, in a sense, um, you know, you're, you're a huge uh, asset in terms of an organizer and things like that uh, for meets. So you know, what is it for you to be kind of on the other side and create that opportunity for others that was created for you? I think it's a really good, um, I think it's a really good for my calling. I really think I was meant for this. Um, I think just watching and seeing other people succeed and saying that, you know, I had some kind of contribution towards it. Like I contributed in, in their success and helped them get to where they need to be, even though they deserve all the credit, obviously they put the work in, but the fact that I was able to guide them to that is really satisfying on my end because I was able to kind of live out you know, most of my piloting goals and dreams, which I'm still working on. The, the cool thing is you always, you know, can compete at no matter what stage of life you are. But um, to see them in the age I was in and, and having that same opportunity I had is a, is a blessing because not everybody had that. Like, I'm pretty sure if I had just, you know, somebody down, down my ear just saying like, hey, if you do this and you do these things right, you could be, you know, so much better or let me take you to this meet or it's, it's the combination of things. And I feel like just, it's a lack of knowledge. People really just don't know, like outside of high school, probably there's just a whole different method on how all this works. And so I just wish, you know, uh, I would have had a little bit more, uh, I guess, guidance, even though I had very good like figures in my life that, that helped me along the way. I just, you know, having full knowledge and, and being involved and tied in with the team USA coaches and just everybody else is just like a, a, a huge plus. So um, whenever I got out of college and I actually, uh, when I graduated college, I moved to Dallas because I had my business degree and I was like, well, everybody's corporate is in Dallas. So I was like, this is a really good opportunity like to find a business related job. And so I get up there. I don't know who told who told who or how or what, but some kids from the UT Dallas team uh, reached out to me and they were like, hey, I heard you moved here. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's true. And he was like, well, we saw what you did with U of H and, and Sam Houston. And he was like, can you please, like we're very inexperienced and we want some guidance. And I was like, that's all you have to ask for. And like, as long as people want it, I'm all for helping them. And so, you know, I went up to one of the practices, kind of introduced myself and got along with the kids. And then we ended up uh, producing some really good athletes and some some strong competitors. And like at first, you know, no one was even worthy of qualifying for collegiate nationals because you have to hit a certain total to qualify. But now, you know, that organization is sending five, six kids every year. Still a lot to build. But now there's a whole coaching staff. There's like uh, three coaches. Uh, uh, two women and one and one man. So there's a boys coach and a women's coach. I think there's a really good. Uh, I think that I left the organization in really good hands and a really good direction. And so besides that, even when I was in, you know, Sam Houston and bringing all these all these recruits in, I would go, you know, all across the state. I would go to Region Five, Region Three, Region Region Four. Re I, you name it. Like if I was able to 
to see you in the ranks and, and find you at a meet and I was able to speak to your parents, I was going to shoot my shot and try to get you in and try to build a dynasty at San Houston State. So I was able to get the role of recruitment chair. You know, you have president, vice president, secretary, I have recruitment chair. I took that really seriously. And I really, you know, I wanted that role, if anything, because I wanted to grow the team so well, because I knew I had the opportunity to do it because of the system we ran at U of H downtown. So um, seeing, bringing all these kids in, like seeing them, whether they stayed on the team or didn't, I always told them one thing, if you, rather you stay on the team or not, or rather you win collegiate nationals or not, I want you to graduate and I want you to do well in class because that's what's more important. I always told them that, you know, these weights will be here forever. They'll be here next year, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, but school won't. And we only can do this a few times. Yeah, you can always go back to school and get different degrees and stuff, but that initial straight out of high school, going into college, you're going to get that opportunity once. And I was like, make the most of it. And whatever you do, if classes are hard, there's 50 people on the team and they're all different majors. So if you need help with your criminal justice classes or your biology classes, I'm sure somebody's here to help because we got upperclassmen that already major in that stuff. And I don't know, I just built a, such a great chemistry and now it's to that point to where I'm seeing all these kids graduate, they're starting their lives, they're getting these great careers, they're getting married, they're having families. Like, it's just a true blessing to see. I think that gives me most satisfaction that I had, um, I, had I, I partaked in their success. Um, I went to a baby shower last weekend and I saw a lot of these kids and I just see them. I'm just like, wow, what are you up to now? And they're like, oh, well, I'm manager of this or I, I run this small business or I do, you know, I run this construction company or whatever it is. Or, you know, I have a baby on the way. Like that is so like shocking to me. But at the same time, it's like, wow, like, you know, like had I never brought them to Sam Houston, like where could they have gone? Yeah, they could have been just as successful, but I feel like they had good guidance being under our wing. And it gives me satisfaction all the time when I see him on social media and whatnot. Well, I love that, man. Well, I'm going to get you out of here on this. Uh, you know, it, we wouldn't be able to have a, a podcast about your career in powerlifting and such without you just diving into, you know, what your preferred methods of training are, what your goals for the future still are, and, you know, just any other parting advice that you would have for a, for a high school and college kid looking to, uh, to dive into the sport of powerlifting? Oh, 100%. Um, so me in particular, I plan, okay, so the game has changed a lot as we've been touching on that all, all the time, but uh, every year these uh, national qualifying totals have really increased drastically. Um, There's probably another, another topic for another podcast, but the way to t get to Team USA, you have to go a different federation now. Um, USAPL had a big falling out with IPF and so there's a new federation that is the new representative of USA when it comes to getting on Team USA so like everybody's kind of debating if they should stay one way or the other you can't do both so it's been a, a hard decision for a lot of us at the higher level um, I'm still trying to decide that um, USAPL has made like really great incentives to stay. Like you can earn a pro card now, you can win money. 
quite frequently. Um, there's a pro series. So like there's, there's different ways to go about it. I'm just in a, in a loop, like, which, what do I really want? You either chase the money and get really strong and win, or you chase your original dream of being on the world stage and you constantly just go the other route and there's no money prizes, but you get that opportunity to get on the world stage. So, um, I do want to be strong as I can be. Uh, everybody's getting a lot stronger raw i might go back equipped i've been considering it now that i'm back with my old squad and i'm back with my old san Houston state coach so he would help me with that um so there this is just many opportunities i guess my biggest thing right now is growing texas spring systems houston i started it in january i franchised it from the original owner uh west zunker out of san antonio and so he's built a dynasty out of it. I plan to do the same. High school season comes around in Houston. I want to be an impact on the community and host meets all the time. I want to really like grow region four to what the potential of it can really be. Because when I was in THSBA, region four was pretty dominant. And now it's like region five and, and as always in, in other regions. But I feel like we could be just as competitive. And I kind of want to sprout out the whole area and see if we can make that impact and i guess it starts something as small as hosting really good meets and you put on a good production and you have good competitors you never know so that that's kind of my goal um not saying i'm putting my compete on the back burner i just don't know what i want to do yet um and then uh, if i was coming out of high school right now if i was in thsba i would be on social media almost every collegiate team has an Instagram. I would just, you know, make your post with your lifting videos and send it to them. It can't hurt. Usually it's a student that's that's uh, running the account. He'll be able to see it. It's usually the recruiting chair. That might be your chance. Rather it's a, a, a Powerlifting scholarship or not, you get to experience a whole different lifestyle, of travel, of going to, you know, lifting at the collegiate level, getting teammates, and just creating memories of a lifetime. I feel like people shouldn't just stop powerlifting after high school. There's so much more to it. And there's so many more teams involved now. You can go to just about any college organization. So I just think that the sport is growing rapidly. And uh, and that's, that's my biggest advice is just staying plugged in. I'm actually... You know, this is, a, uh, I guess, the first to hear it, but I'm actually working on getting in contact with every college coach and seeing if they can fly down here to my gym and see if we could do like a little showcase where, you know, this is your opportunity as a THSBA, THWSBA lifter to come in to Houston and showcase your talent on, you know, on the platform here and all the coaches and recruitment chairs are watching. And if they want you or if the weight class fits because like most teams have to enter in a roster. Um, they change the rules a little bit where like you enter in a, a team, like you only have one or two people per each weight class. So like once that's filled up, you kind of like, that's your roster. You want to be part of that roster. So if they are in need of a, a, a you know, a nice 181 coming out this year, cause there's, cause there's just graduated. Like this is your chance. And so uh, me and the Sam Houston State head coach are really working closely in on this to try to make this happen. And it'll probably be, uh, if it's not this year, the following year, but it'll be right before the season starts. So it's fresh on their mind. They know 
you know, how, how who to look for when they recruit. And they know Texas is dominant for our lifters. Louisiana, I'm sure they'll come down like Texas and Louisiana is the biggest and, and Wisconsin too, but biggest uh, talent to find. And so all these out-of-state coaches like Midland and Nebraska and, and uh, Ottawa and Kansas and McKendree, all, all these other schools out of state, they're coming to Texas to get these lifters. So if you're a THSBA lifter, I would definitely advise you stay in social media, stay on the loop and be in contact with all these coaches because you just never know. This might be a big life change for you for the better. I love it, man. Well, I appreciate everything that you have done, not only just for me, but for, for the sport of powerlifting and, and strength uh, game in general, man. So, you know, I, I say continue doing what you're doing. You're making an impact like you want to. And I, I only see bigger and brighter things in the future for you, my brother. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me. And it's always a pleasure to, after all these years, being in contact with you. And I appreciate your support. It's been 10 years since I graduated. That's that's so crazy to think about. Uh, they had the 10-year uh, class reunion. I was I was actually coaching an athlete that same day and time, so I couldn't do it. I couldn't go, but I saw the pictures. I'm just like, wow, we all, like, really grown up. It is a real full circle, and I feel like it's so important to give back to the youth. So I appreciate what you've done for me, and I can always give back by giving to the youth.